Welcome to Thought Jar, a podcast run by high schoolers where guests share their unique perspectives on arts, education, society, and more. I'm Sally. I'm Jen. And today we are going to be discussing Western animated shows. Otherwise, we also like to call them cartoons. So why did I pitch this episode and invite Janet to talk about it? Well, I know that Janet is a friend who has watched a lot of cartoons. I know that she has watched quite a bit compared to people like me, because I usually watch movies or animated movies and live action movies. And the only cartoons I have watched, they always trace back to Janet because she recommended it to me in the first place. In fact, right now I am watching Avatar, The Last Airbender, which is like one of Janet's all time favorites. We're going to talk about that more in depth today as well. So today we're going to just get Janet to spill all the things she knows about these It's going to be a light chat, and at the end, she's also going to recommend three of her favorite animated series, so you can just go over and watch them if you have time. Yeah, so we're talking about animated shows, but we're talking about Western animated shows, and we also like to call them cartoons. Okay, so let us start with some of the major shows and major production companies. I know about a couple of production companies are like, Disney Channel is definitely one. And then we also have like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. To be honest, I'm not entirely sure they're production studios on their own. I guess Mm. in my impression, they are um, channels that air these shows, but they don't necessarily make them or the creators don't necessarily belong to those companies. I think often these are channels and they probably work with other studios that um, make animation. Yeah. Mm. Can you tell us about like some of the most popular shows out there and then like which channels they're associated with or which channel like Nickelodeon is a kids show channel, right? But then I guess Disney is also a kids show channel. Yes. From what I understand, Nickelodeon is usually aimed at younger kids, like maybe just out of kindergarten. <laughs> and um. One of their most popular shows is Spongebob, of course, which is, I guess, considered well-known by many. Another show that happened to air on their channel is Avatar The Last Airbender, which has gotten especially popular since COVID started. Oh, really? There was a bit of a resurgence. started um, airing on Netflix. Maybe they made a deal with Nickelodeon or something. And then everyone was quarantined at the time. People started watching it. And then the, the popularity just... <laughs> I see. I see. These channels, some of them air like series that have become really popular or just have a special place in people's hearts. So Cartoon Network has um, made a lot of originals. And I guess people would consider classics like the Powerpuff Girls is one. It's an old one, but a lot of people still like it. I guess that would be one of the bigger ones. Uh, Adventure Time also. Disney Channel, I guess, is kind of doing its own thing. Disney mm. Channel has a lot of like live action shows as well and sitcoms, but at some point they started making some cartoons. The most popular show of there is probably Gravity Falls. Oh, Gravity Falls is from Disney Channel? Yeah, it originally aired on Disney Channel. Yeah, okay, so tell us a little bit about some of the most important people in the cartoon industry. Um, the only one I've heard about is Dave. Filoni, who has worked in Star Wars, but that's why I know about him. Yeah, tell us a little bit more. 
one of the legends is probably this um I don't know how to pronounce his name actually. Tarkovsky. <laughs> um, um, he's responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of the people would regard as classics. Dexter's okay. Laboratory, and I think he also like worked in Powerpuff Girls. Samurai Jack is also one that a lot of people say is really good. So he's been on these older cartoons that were kind of there when the industry really started getting popular, probably. Uh-huh. So, so he's kind of like the person who probably did a lot of the shows that came to define or sort of shift the, the industry in some, some sort of direction or style. Probably, yeah, because he's one of the earlier people. When was that? The 90s, I think. Okay, okay, I see how old. Craig McCracken is probably another famous one. And mm-hmm. he created Powerpuff Girl. Also later, another show called Wonder Over Yonder that a lot of people also say is good. His wife is Lauren Faust, who ended up creating the the most popular generation of My Little Pony. Oh my (laughs) gosh, what a power couple. So you talked about some influential people. I think the only... So you've watched My Little Pony, but then the other stuff, like these legends, you haven't really watched, right? I've only watched a bit of the Powerpuff Girls, but yeah, the others. Although I I want to watch Samurai Jack, but... Thing about Western cartoons is it's really hard to find um, places to watch. I see. Them. All right. I I guess a cartoon would be considered maybe as influential if it um really led to a lot more other shows. Like the creators mm-hmm. of this cartoon went down to lead their own shows. Adventure Time would certainly be considered an influential one, and probably also Gravity Falls, because a uh, two of the more popular cartoons airing right now, the creators came from Gravity Falls. In these cases, you can see traces of the style of the original cartoon in the Mm. um, subsequent cartoons. And sometimes the creators like to leave Easter eggs. Oh, that's so fun. So from my experience, the earliest shows I watched were like, they made animated movies. So now they have a Baymax series or maybe like a... uh... Tangled series. These are like spin-offs, right? So what what types of shows are there? Um there are originals and spin-offs like you mentioned. There mm-hmm. are um a lot of adaptations actually. Okay. Think, or from maybe, books or comics? Comic book adaptations, which are more closely related to the merchandising shows. There is a subgenre of adult cartoons, I guess. Recently, there has been a lot of reboots of like really old cartoons. Some originals, I guess, like Powerpuff Girls and some of the other popular shows like Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, um, those are all originals. And I feel like the, the more popular or iconic ones tend to be originals. And spin-offs, as you mentioned, Disney actually made a lot of spin-offs, I think, in the maybe the Renaissance period. I know they made a show for Lilo and Stitch. Oh, and, okay. Like, there even is a show for The Lion King as well. Oh my gosh, wow. It's, okay, I did not know that. Quality is, I mean, I, I haven't watched them, so I'm not sure if they're actually good, but 
spin-off shows don't tend to be as good or or they just tend to have smaller fan bases like fans who really like the original movies they might go on to watch although there has been a lot of star wars shows which mm-hmm. we count as spin-offs um we uh, have yeah, yeah. we have the clone wars which is generally quite praised and regarded as pretty good there's also star wars rebels Star Wars right now it exists exclusively in the TV format. Yeah. I think these spin-offs probably start um originally because they cost less money than live action and maybe also partly due to merchandising cuz they want to sell toys probably. Uh-huh. If the creators um Dave Filoni if they happen to have a vision for the story and they happen to actually like the franchise They are able to create something that stands on its own, or or that、mm-hmm. um adds to the story instead of just in right, it, right, and showing meaningful story. As for adaptations, I know that Marvel and DC actually both made a lot of shows based on their comics, and a lot of DC animated shows are actually quite well liked. They're pretty old, right? Yeah, yeah. Although a special feature of cartoons is they're often Made to like support a toy line or to sell toys, and、mm-hmm. there's a surprising large number of cartoons for that purpose. I suspect it's probably also related to the target demographic. I guess since their creation, cartoons are have kind of been made for children. So unfortunately, they they end up with the sometimes true reputation that the stories are. Shallower, or they're just for children and for selling toys, right? Sometimes you can see the merchandising effect quite clearly in the show itself. Um, I guess My Little Pony, for example, since its creation, it it has always been made to support toy line. Oh, I had no idea that was the case. The company that owns it, Hasbro, right? Hasbro is a toy company. Although, um, being made to sell toys doesn't necessarily mean that the show is bad.、Mm-hmm. If a creator comes along who who actually likes it, they can add something new to the franchise, and they can、yeah. and they can make it special. I think that's. Part of what happened with Generation Four of My Little Pony, the creator Lauren Faust, she, um, she made it quite different from the previous generations. She added a a wider fantasy setting and gave the characters more vibrant personalities because she liked the older cartoons as well. So by investing in this new generation, she managed to create something that. Has more meaning for a lot of people, even beyond their original target demographic. Still, often you can see the effect. Like,、um, if the characters happen to have a sudden transformation, or, or for example, a character gets a new castle or something, older viewers、okay. can easily tell that it's because they they have to boost this particular new design. Or okay, yeah. That... So yes, as for a. Adult cartoons. There, it is a subgenre in its own, I guess. Although I personally don't watch them, my impression is that they are like adult rated, but they aren't necessarily better. Like they don't necessarily tell um more meaningful stories. 
they often mm. just have more uh, vulgar jokes or imagery and um, a lot of them are satires um, right although there are people who like them so yeah and there are some who can explore maybe deeper things i guess also just like movies cartoons have um, for a while been plagued by reboot people don't uh-huh. have to like reboots because basically remaking an old cartoon in the 2000- oh, how do you remake an old cartoon try to continue the story in some way i think or just um oh okay the same characters etc but use them slightly or add some new settings in 2016 somebody made a reboot of the powerpuff girls it was ah. not well received. People oh, really, really did not like it. Also, there was a really popular older show called Teen Titans, which was based on DC Comics of the same name. They made a reboot called Teen Titans Go, which a lot of the old fans did not like because they, mm-hmm. they feel like they just downgraded mm-hmm. the story and meaning, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some people who like the new ones. And another one that's quite popular recently and and just recently finished as well i think it's called a uh, shira and the princesses of power it's it's a remake of a really old one that was also originally made to sell toys i believe and this one changed a lot of the setting and like maybe characters and added a lot of original things i think it it has its own fan base and there was um another reboot that turned out pretty successful it's called ducktales sounds familiar but i have no mental image of it it's a remake of the like the donald duck series i guess <laughs> yeah like disney's mickey mouse and all of those duckies they, they seem to just forever continue to have stories mm. i think when, when i was little there was like the mickey mouse club house for the, oh, for the children yes. and the mickey mouse would speak in a very mickey mouse way that sounded a lot like <laughs> yeah so there's a lot because originally i just thought originals and spinoffs right but then adaptations and then the thing you mentioned about merchandising was something that i just didn't really know about because, I mean, like, for movies, I have heard about Disney making a movie for a theme park, like the Pirates of Caribbean, where they're like, right? But then for shows, it actually makes a lot of sense that they would do that. <laughs> and I guess it's good that My Little Pony Generation 4 came out of that, too, right? So merchandising is a big part of storytelling business, to be honest. That's unfortunately yeah. true. You, you have to yeah. fund these projects in some way. Mm-hmm. A common practice actually is that um, cartoons will outsource the, the animation work to foreign studios, often Asian ones. The creators and main directors in, say, America, maybe they will finish the main storyboards and decide the story beats, etc. But then they will send it all to another studio in usually Korea, actually, sometimes Japan. That studio will maybe do all the in-betweens and the, the mm. difficult work. And then yeah. um, they send it back. The main creators, maybe they, they do some model checking or they do some refining a lot of these cartoons are not animated fully in studio they're like Mm. outsourced to different countries it's an industry after all i think i've also seen like in canada where some people have studios there and then they make some of the disney shows i think my little pony was animated in canada wow tell us a little bit about your favorite shows and what types you're most drawn to 
so we get to know your taste and like which cartoons you're more familiar with. I tend to prefer shows with maybe fantasy elements that actually have a story to tell. Or、uh-huh. um, like the creators, sometimes a unique concept may draw me in, or maybe it will be the art style. Maybe tend on the light-hearted side or have some humor in it. I don't mind if the episodes have like slice of life things, but often a lot of cartoons have a lot of filler episodes where not much、mm-hmm. happens or it's just not well written. I guess favorite shows Avatar: The Last Airbender. That was、uh-huh. actually a pretty old one. It first aired in two thousand five. But at、know. least we were born, but not long <laughs> after. Not quite old enough to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't, I didn't watch it until two thousand eighteen. There's one called Over the Garden Wall. Hilda Gravity Falls. I enjoy. There's a, I think it's a more niche one called Infinity Train that I kind of want to point out. It sadly got canceled after season four.、Uh, oh no! Oh yeah, that's like the bad thing about TV shows when the channel just does bad decisions. Yes, that one had a really unique concept, which was what first drew me in, and it generally had pretty good character writing, and the stories are like tight. And Wait, give me a short peek into the concept. Uh, we all go through emotional difficulties or some sticking points in our lives, or some not necessarily flaws, but some part of our character that makes a certain thing difficult to get through. So the concept、uh-huh. is kind of that um, a character encounters this hard part in their life. And there is this string that sometimes appears to these people. And if you go in there, each train car is a different world. It exists in a physical space, but it's a really strange dimension that separates from like the real world. And the character who goes in there, they they get a number on their palm. <clears throat> that that you don't really know the meaning of, but they have to reduce the number to zero. To leave the train, and throughout the journey, like they encounter different worlds and train cars, and some things they do will reduce the number. Other things may increase it. Actually, it gets a little dark at points, but it's a pretty interesting like exploration of um how characters overcome like certain things in their lives and how they are、mm. changed by the experience. The show kind of. Don't tell you everything at first, and you figure out how it works along with it. There's um another one called Tales of Arcadia, which um it's it's created by Guillermo del Toro, who is I guess a pretty big name director compared to other things. That one aired on streaming services, I think, and not on TV. So I guess it's one that took advantage of um. The growth in streaming. That one had pretty high quality animation all throughout, even though it's three D animation. Because three D animation shows tend not to be really good, but that one was made by I think DreamWorks Animation Studios, and I felt that the character story and setting is all like pretty good quality. Very nice, very nice. So as you can see, Jana has watched a lot of shows. <laughs> So, do you watch live action TV series much? I watch some. 
mainly the spin-off Marvel shows or Star Wars shows that have come out. Uh-huh. So I wanted to ask you, like, what traits of animated series draws you in? Because you have watched a lot of original animated shows. It could be, again, related to fantasy. Because I feel like cartoons have an easier time uh, with world building and just handling fantasy in general. Because for a live action show to make a, a fantasy world, the budget is very, very different. Actually, I have watched a, a live action show called Merlin. In it, you can very clearly see or you can feel that the story is probably quite limited by either the budget or, or the way it's aired. The characters can't leave the setting and you can't have too many different supporting characters or or sometimes you have an actor or a new character, but they can only exist for one episode and then the and then you can't hire the actor anymore. So yeah. in the um live action show, those restrictions show very clearly in the story. But for a cartoon show, you have more freedom because you're drawing everything, right? You can draw it, you can do it. Pretty much, yeah. You can, you can tell stories that are more expressive or just explore the world. In my impression, just cartoon shows tend to have more humor, maybe more energy. And live action shows, I guess it's, it's a matter of the target audience too as well, I guess. But live action shows tend to be maybe more serious or have other more um, intense elements. Oh, and also for cartoons, I guess... I just have a preference for animation in general. Also, sometimes the art style is pleasing and it just it just looks good. Yeah, animated shows the art style can be quite different from what we see in like movies. Yeah, because like movies right now, the the mainstream content is three D animation, right? So obviously it's different. Right. So how are considerations regarding audience different for animated series versus like the movie format? I think as mentioned before, um, cartoons are often made for selling toys, right? And based on being what they are, they tend to be geared toward children. TV still has a rating system. There's just a stereotype that um, cartoons are for children and live action are for adults. Despite that, I, I have seen like great stories told with that limitation. It's not necessarily something that prevents cartoons from being good. And I guess like cartoons, when they aired on TV, they're probably aired at a time that are maybe children coming from home from school. They open the TV and they go to Disney Channel or whatever, and they can see it. Consideration towards audience. It's often a a network thing because the networks or the big companies are the ones who wants to sell to the children or sell toys. I have heard a lot of stories of like creators haggling with um executive meddling, <laughs> executive censorship over the things they can include. I think the Gravity Falls creator Alex Hirsch have been quite vocal about it. Sometimes they would write something. Like maybe a word on a poster that was shown in the episode. And then the creators would veto it and say like this word is not appropriate or something. And then they have to change it and they have to go back and forth. Or sometimes um, the creators would want to include something that um, the executives 
don't want there and they have to fight for their stories kind of even though it's children. yes geared towards children the creators don't necessarily see their stories that way and they will explore things and messages they they find meaningful and important there's also another example for example in an episode of over the garden wall uh an an open mouth with sharp teeth is shown and when they like showed the episode to the executives they demanded that the teeth be made square instead of sharp and then the creators they they changed it they said they they didn't really feel like it affected the scariness of the episode at all so sometimes the executives will change really weird maybe in in things in ways that sometimes conflicts with the story or sometimes just don't really change the nature of the story or or they censor the cartoon in a way that doesn't maybe align with the story just mm-hmm. align with their executive needs yeah so many products are like the pushback and forth between these two parties and then you just see if they manage to like squeeze through <laughs> okay that's really interesting so let's talk a little bit about story Okay, because I watch movies more, right? So movies tend to have like a, yeah, it's one hour thirty minutes, right? So there's not a lot of ways to do it. But with TV series, you can go multiple seasons. One season can be a lot of episodes. There's just a few. Each episode can be very short or very long. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about like the the stories、uh, the TV series are able to tell. Do you observe like some? Types of story structure that、um, these series can have that movies can't like, like some TV series, like Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Like I started watching to that one, and then it feels like each one is a little tale, a little short story, right? And then sometimes it's not immediately apparent how it progresses from for the big plot. So it almost feels like we're going like this subplot, this subplot, and then we go to the main plot, and then we go for it all together, which which isn't something that movies can do, obviously. So I think for cartoon shows, especially, they tend to come in seasons, and they tend to be、uh, made season by season. So sometimes the creators can't have an a big overarching story, and they、yeah. they come up with it bit by bit because the the channel or the network will order it. Bit by bit, they may have a vision, but they can't really realize it in maybe one season. And um, in each season, there are episodes. Usually, like the the first two episodes will be a season premiere. They will be connected together, and they will tell a, a maybe a longer story. Uh, an exciting event that starts off the season. At the end of the season, there's usually a season finale, which is another two like connected stories, and basically a big exciting event to end the season. Sometimes there are like um mid-season finales, but usually it's just a premiere and a finale. And cartoon shows, their episodes tend to be much shorter than live-action series, actually. Um, usually ten to twenty minutes. Cartoons like Steven Universe and Infinity Train and Over Over the Garden Wall. I guess those episodes all are like ten or eleven minute episodes. So, um, I think the length rather limits the kind of story they can tell. And because they're airing on TV, you, you can't expect that the viewers who come in this week. 
will still tune in next week. <laughs> so every episode you have to have something complete, unless it's a premiere, which is usually like two episodes released together. They only have um twenty minutes, and then um you have to give people something exciting during that time. So cartoon uh shows tend to be just. Self-contained stories in each episode that has changed some, and with streaming, I think the episodes are made while the show is being aired. Sometimes an episode may have just been finished a few hours before it's supposed to go on air, so the production happens like throughout the season. There are cases when sometimes, um, if the animation for a particular episode can't be finished. The creators may have to quickly squeeze something out to fill the the airing gap while they catch up with the other episodes. So in this way, it's harder to tell an overarching complete story. Um, they can have a general direction, but uh, for most cartoons, you get the sense that um they're going this way and that way. Maybe in this way, the characters are more important to cartoons、yeah. because. They are the things that stay consistent, and they are the ones that have their Tory counterparts. <laughs> yes. So sometimes,、um, in a cartoon show, you have the freedom to explore different sides to your characters, and not every episode have to be high stakes. It's maybe it's a little more like a book. You can have small arcs with smaller stakes. That still feel important, so you can explore your characters in different environments and different circumstances. Whereas a movie, you have to stay more、um, tonally consistent throughout, right? So I think that is the advantage of TV shows, and、um, they can like follow up with different character pairs. They don't have to follow one one main character the whole time, although they tend to do yeah, tend to like switch and incapacitate two, and then that one goes up with the other one, and then they like get back together, and then the next episode like the other two characters. So cartoons you can have you can have more characters than movies, and um you can follow different ones in each. Although I do think the the way they're made, like the production, can um create some quality consistency problems. Some cartoons、mm-hmm. have issues where the animation in one episode is not as good compared to the other. Some series will drag on for too long because they're popular, so they they keep making stories. It's very easy to lose the main thread in those kinds of stories. Animated shows. Like today, we have streaming, but then back then they were like aired on TV on specific times, and then they just you, you can't watch at other times, right? So, how does like streaming affect cartoon as a medium for storytelling? With streaming, at, at least for the ones I've watched, I'm noticing that cartoons have more flexibility in terms of maybe episode lengths or story, and I think streaming allows the creators to. Because they know the entire season is like ordered by the streaming service, they allow creators to develop an a better overarching story for that season, and then they can use some episodes as build up and some as the payoff for that build up instead of 
needing to have a complete story every episode. I guess, for example, in Hilda, I watched, which is a streamed show. It, it airs on Netflix. Um, some episodes are like the usual twenty minutes, but like sometimes in the middle of the season. You'd suddenly get an episode that's thirty or forty minutes, and it's irregular. But because it's streamed, it's okay. <laughs> Whereas、um, on TV, you would have a much tighter format. Back on TV, sometimes the creators have to add in exciting points where cut. They they need a commercial break. <laughs> The Dragon Prince is also a show that's streamed. That one you can you can also get a sense of build up, because the、mm. creators planned like an entire epic fantasy saga thing that they plan to last for seven seasons. And because Netflix like committed to all of that, the creators are able to produce the seasons slowly bit by bit. And another a difference is episode numbers too, I guess. For some reason, um, streamed shows tend to be shorter. E- even in live action ones, they tend to just have maybe six episodes or thirteen episodes. Older cartoons they had like at least twenty something episodes each season. I'm not entirely sure why that is. And yes, I think streaming maybe has given freedoms for cartoons to be more about storytelling and less about merchandising. All right, so we have talked a lot about the shows out there, the types out there, the story structure, the network, the production. I think I learned a lot of things. So thank you for talking a lot as well. And let's go to the next part, which is also very exciting.、Uh, we want Jana to <laughs> recommend us three of her favorite shows. I am going to say from the start that I have watched Over the Garden Wall, and I am watching Avatar, as I have said before. Which one's your favorite? So there's three, right?、Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just start with Avatar: The Last Airbender. I think it's a show that I can recommend to most people. So,、um, the Last Airbender takes place in a world where there are four elements: water, earth, fire, and air. There are people who can control these elements called benders. In this world, there is、uh, one particular person, the Avatar, who is the only one able to control all four elements. And、uh, who has a duty to bring harmony and balance between these four peoples? Because、um, each element has its own nation and its own culture and people. Our story takes place when one of the elements, the Fire Nation, went to war against the others. Our story follows the Avatar and his companions as he tried to bring peace back to the world. The Avatar is a little kid, and his companions are just teenagers. So yeah, kids show. It's on Nickelodeon. Avatar: The Last Airbender、um, really excels in. It is a fantasy show, but it really excels in storytelling. It has great humor, great characters. It also has depth and、uh, meaning. Despite the main characters being children, they do explore a lot of the realities of war, and we get to see the world and how the war affects different people. I guess the only thing to watch out for might be the humor and its style. Both in animation and humor borrows from anime, which may throw off some people, like the exaggerations, etc. Typical in anime. 
but I think it's still very much its own thing and definitely worth a lot. One of the things that just helped me to get invested into the show was initially was just the humor, you know, laugh out loud humor. And then you kind of start to know the characters and the, the I think the world building and magic I'm still trying to get through and understand. So I am in like first season halfway about. Yeah, so that's my general impression, but I like it. Talk slightly about the length, like how long each episode and how many seasons. Avatar The Last Airbender, it has three seasons and uh, 20 episodes each season, except for the last one. For the finale, they had to add an episode. Avatar The Last Airbender is honestly a rarer one because a lot of cartoons go on for longer and a lot of the episodes end up being filler or just not that important. But The Last Airbender was able to use all of its episodes and tell a complete story where each episode can add something. So Avatar The Last Airbender, the series, has a pretty recognizable opening where Katara, one of the main characters, says some things. So we're going to have some fun and nerd out a bit and just reenact that. Okay. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. <laughs> Good job, Jenny. That was really fun. <laughs> If you want to hear this performed properly with the dramatic music and the opening sequence, go ahead and watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, so you wanted to talk about Tilda? Yes. Who produced that? Oh, it's from Netflix, and you just said it was streaming, so it's a pretty new show. It probably started in 2018-ish. The story is just about the title character, a girl called Hilda. She grew up in the wilderness and really likes adventures and connecting to nature but due to circumstances she she and her mom have to move back into the city and she has to get used to life there while there she still like finds adventures and i guess build a new life and make friends i just really like the art style mainly its use of color i think it has a limited palette like when you watch it you see that there are some colors they don't use uh, and um, if you really yeah. look closely it forms a really unique look there was like a lot of reds a lot of blues whites yellow but yes, no green yes. yeah no green but yes that makes for an interesting look and it's just a very warm show i guess it feels like it has the story feels like it has heart it's casual I is think it in a magical setting or just real life it is a magical setting. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Really that makes sense. It borrows more from probably Celtic or Norse mythologies. Like there are trolls. They live in a city called Trollberg. Ah, and, that or, that helps me see it a lot here. Okay, cool. I think it's also quite well made on most fronts. Like the writing is good. The characters they are uh, younger. They're like twelve, and they are allowed to be little kids. I feel like they act realistically, but the story is so casual and lively. 
the setting is fun and the adventures, the things they meet are fun. It's not super dramatic, but it's very engaging and just mm -hmm. just like it has heart. Yes. Yeah. Art style, heart, character. And the animation is consistently quite smooth and high quality. Hilda right now has it has two seasons. I think was thirteen episodes each season. And each episode is like twenty minutes. Twenty to twenty-five minutes. Ah, that's on the slightly longer side by what you have yeah. told us. Yes, because it's streaming. I think it does have more flexibility, yes. freedom. It also has a movie, but so it's, it's like a spin-off movie, kind of. But it does continue the story. A lot of cartoons tend to have those specials, which are basically movie lengths or hour-long right. episodes, where they want right. to address like particularly important things. Over the Garden Wall is、um, more unique. It's a limited series. It's much、okay. shorter. It has ten episodes each, eleven minutes. I think for people who maybe just got into cartoons and they don't want to watch something that's so long. It would be a pretty easy watch. You can just watch the whole thing like a movie in like two hours. So over the garden wall is about two brothers, Greg and Wirt, who are lost in this mysterious place called the unknown. <laughs> Into the unknown. They have to find a way to get out, but、hmm. they don't know how. So we, as the audience, we accompany them on this journey through this mysterious place. And try to figure out how they got there and how do they get out. It sounds like starts a... in the middle of things where you're dropped into this world and you have to figure out like the background and the world and what it is capable of. It was、yeah. kind of scary and weird, but it has a definitely a unique style to it. It has a this one feels old. It managed to capture that older colonial America as. Aesthetic. The creator is especially inspired by like these older postcards and maybe even medieval illustrations. You can feel the inspirations as you watch it because the backgrounds and the the situations they encounter, they are all in this seemingly older setting,、mm -hmm. and the music as well. I personally、yeah. really enjoyed the unique setting and music. It's very different from other cartoons, I would say, but the animation is still good quality, and it has, I think, overall a well-written, contained story and characters. And yeah, so if you just want something smaller with maybe a more special look, it's a pretty good choice. Yeah, I think it was a very satisfying viewing experience to watch that. Because yeah, it's short, right? Because the the writers know where they're going, so they're telling like basically a complete story. And then there's a lot of fun things, and you're hanging out with the characters. So who who made these show, shows, and where was it released? I think Over the Garden Wall was released in 2016. I don't fully remember if it's released in Halloween or Thanksgiving, but just awesome. Oh, okay, that makes it has quite a lot of pumpkins in there. Yes, the the vibe of the show is very awesome. It was made by Patrick McHale, who previously did some work on Adventure Time. I see. As for Hilda, Hilda's made by a、uh, Luke Pearson. It's actually adapted from 
his comics of the same name, I think. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Hilda having comics and just not knowing which came first, the show or the comic. Pretty sure the comics comics came first. Okay. Okay. But it's the same creator, so. The amazing thing about our time, all the like transmedia, transmedia storytelling. And then the Avatar: The Last Airbender is created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko. Mm-hmm. But a lot of credits also have to be given to the head writer called an、um, Aaron E. Hans. He was responsible for a lot of the story, although Mike and Brian came up with the original idea. Okay. So、uh, I also recommend Over the Garden Wall,、uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I think I will also recommend, but you know, I I haven't watched it yet, finished it yet. So <laughs> the three series you have mentioned definitely have like interesting settings or quite interesting、um, like art styles that maybe you don't really get to see in live action movies or or like animated movies. But、uh, I mean, animated movies. There's not a lot coming out these days, so if you have time, you can watch Over the Garden Wall, Avatar, or Hilda. We do like them, and we would like you to enjoy that too. Okay, thank you for listening to this very long but very enriching episode, and thank you, Janet, for sharing your heart out about these cartoons. And thank you, Sally, for talking about it with me. We hope to make more of these episodes that talk about animation, talk about film, and I hope、uh, you will, listeners, look forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.